Hi. Okay. We're live. We are so in front live. of a studio audience <laughs> in Breathe Out in Netherlands. This is <laughs> the Ember Sword podcast. <laughs> yes, we're we are gonna have bombastic music. I'm gonna download free firework noises. It's going to be the bomb. So yeah, hi everybody. <laughs> this is a this is a, a a fun experiment we're doing here with the team. Uh, I'm Svetlin. I will be your uh, humble host going forward with these. I am in charge of uh, a decent amount of the marketing activities for Ember Sword, and the team and, uh, and I sat down and we, we thought, hey, let's give people more of what they want. So you guys wanted more information and this is our way of trying to give it to you. So this is the, the first iteration of our podcast. Uh, the topic is going to be split into three parts. This uh, specific series is going to be on AI direction. Uh, we're talking what it is, uh, where it came from. There's multiple layers to this, so that's why we're splitting into, you know, different uh, different parts for your viewing pleasure and convenience. I mean, listening. Sorry. Since I'm a marketing man, I know next to nothing about nothing. So thankfully, I have friends who know everything about everything. With that, I would like to introduce Lauren, our executive producer, who is going to be telling you about the AI direction. Specifically, we're going to be starting with cinematic combat. Lauren, a welcome. Uh, thank you, Svetlin. It's great to be here, and uh, yeah, indeed, let's talk about AI direction and, of course, uh, cinematic combat uh, in specific. Um, so, AI direction is actually a really big sort of tenet for uh, for Ember Sword. It's it's one of our sort of three main lines of uh, unique features that we're building. Uh, and it really has just one purpose. Um, if you think about your typical MMO experience, uh, you know, at least to me, certainly, an MMO is typically a game of like some really awesome peak experiences. And then in between that, there is a lot of meh, you know? It's <laughs> a lot of walking around, a lot of grinding, a lot of kind of, you know, just murdering creatures one by one and you know bringing back their uh horns teeth uh, or other body parts to Rat some belts. strange yeah exactly to some some guy with a very unhealthy obsession uh in order to progress <laughs> through the storyline right animal and skin enthusiasts beware <laughs> indeed indeed and, and we just wanted to do something different there um so what that came down to is like this notion of what if we actually had sort of an AI director or an AI game master, if you will, that would make, you know, much more of the game interesting for you. Not just that, you know, epic raid that you do with your friends somewhere with end game content, but also, you know, can we not just make all of the experiences you're having starting from like basic old combat while you're, you know, leveling up your character? all the way through to epic adventures can we not ensure that there is you know much more crunch to that 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 is much more fun and this is kind of where you know our notion of ai direction our ai game master came from okay so you mentioned where it came from what does it actually entail get it down into the nitty-gritty what is why why cinematic okay yeah yeah so so you know one of one of the aspects that we're doing through our 
AI Game Master is creating a cinematic combat experience. So that's sort of like layer one. And, you know, frankly, that's probably enough to cover in this podcast. And, you know, in the next ones, we'll, you know, in the next parts, we'll definitely dive into more. But, you know, cinematic combat really only comes down to sort of what goes on on your screen, right? So when you're running into a group of enemies, how do do they behave, right? And again, you know, you'll have seen a lot of games where how they behave is if you aggro them, they walk at you and they attack you until they are killed. Now, you know, we had a little bit higher of a standard and did not want to build an MMO like that. So in the back, we've built a lot of technology that actually allows us to handle massive amounts of creatures in real time, all engaging with you. So actually our combat, although we are an MMO, is much more like, let's say, an action RPG, which allows us to do some truly epic stuff. So what we're doing um, when it comes to cinematic combat is we're kind of uh, taking the creature AI uh, and building over top of that some sort of global AI game master layer that makes very interesting things happen during combat. And now that, you know, I know may sound a little vague. Um, so, you know, maybe taking it to an example, uh, that means that you could be like, we have this little critters called Bormies. Uh, of which, you know, sometimes they're going to be 20, 30 attacking you, right? Uh, because we're, you know, totally okay with handling that type of number. And they they become very interesting because they have this notion of, uh, of fear. So uh, as you turn towards them with your sword, they will actually back off. And they might just snap at you a little, but they are maybe too afraid, you know, to get into your direct range. Uh, as you start... Um, you know, slaying them, um, there's actually a sort of fear buildup that's managed by this uh, Game Master AI, which may make the others run away as they see their buddies being crushed. Um, And these kind of things uh, yield a very interesting combat experience. So I think probably the best example when we're talking like cinematic moments, which is kind of what we're trying to create with like this AI and cinematic combat, is, for example, we have an attack called Earth Shatter, which is something you can use if you have a pretty decent sword, right? You raise your sword over your head, you jam it into the ground, and then basically in front of you, you kind of see these cracks in the earth, you know, moving forwards. And, you know, as they move forward, you know, this energy radiates out from them, damaging everything in its path. And that's quite a, you know, um, an attack that has quite a wind-up and takes quite some time to move outwards from the player all the way to its maximum range so you know a typical movie moment here would be if you had a whole bunch of these bormies rushing at you and you trigger this ability they'll notice that you're starting this attack and immediately in the area that's going to be affected something we call a threat zone is being created and that threat zone will cause these creatures to run away but you know just you know running out of that threat zone efficiently would not be very amusing right because you know then if you do a slow ability everyone would just get away uh which you know is something we want to avoid you shouldn't have to like stun 20 individual bormies in order to catch them in a really (laughs) powerful ability yeah that sort of deflates the epicness of the moment doesn't it indeed indeed so what happens is actually um 
you know, we've made sure that all of our creatures have studied what we would like to call the Prometheus school of running away from things. Ah, uh, yes. So, <laughs> so, yeah, so those of you that are not familiar with this term, it's it's a joke from CinemaSins. Uh, you know, they do the everything wrong with videos. And there was this epic scene in Prometheus, of course, where something huge was sort of coming down on our heroes and they were, you know, running away. But very stupidly, they were running away in a straight line, you know, exactly parallel to where this thing was falling. <laughs> right. So we like to call this the Prometheus school of running away from things. And it's one of those classic movie moments where, you know, you trigger an epic ability, enemies you know, turn tail and run away, but they're just not fast enough to outrun the explosion that's following them. And thus, you know, <laughs> they get thrown up in the air and and basically killed, right? And that yields some really unique, amazing combat. So that is kind of, um, you know, the, the, the notion of, uh, of like this sort of micro level of AI direction, I would call it, which results in our cinematic combat. Well, for Obviously. legal purposes, I would like to mention that we have not, in fact, hired Charlize Theron to be destroyed in our video game. That would be a humongous waste of her massive talent. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like in Ridley Scott's magnum opus Prometheus, out now on Blu-ray. <laughs> All right, well, <laughs> now that we've finished promoting that one, um, uh, yeah, maybe, uh, you know, there, there's a couple of cool things uh, to move on to. Um, it's, it's actually an interesting thing, like this, this notion of fear fields and threat zones mm -hmm. and things like that, right, is not something that, you know, we've seen a lot in video games. Um, actually, there's like an interesting little tidbit there, you know, in, in case you're wondering where this comes from, like literally the first implementation of these threat fields was something that I created for a real time strategy game that was just like a hobby project. So it never got released really? I think over 15 years ago. Huh. Um, and it was for from the simple notion that, you know, in all these epic, like, you know, World War Two movies and such, whenever planes come strafing in, right, obviously you'd see people hit the deck and run to the sides and, you know, everything. And, you know, you play a game like, let's say, Red Alert. Right. <laughs> and, you know, a yak comes in and strafes and it just strafes everything down. No one's running away. No one is scattering. And I just thought that made no sense whatsoever. And it's actually there where sort of this movement started. And, you know, st since then, I've still not, you know, not seen many uh, games create something like that. It, it doesn't necessarily happen often. Yeah. And I've never really thought about it. Uh, a, a decent example I can give of this. I mean, I, I to, to make this more relatable, I guess. Um, you mentioned the the AI direction. Uh, when we talked about this uh, off mic, uh, like a, a while ago, when you were introducing me to the concept, a very apt uh, comparison to the overall AI direction that I came up with was Left for Dead, where the director constantly is trying to ensure that you are having a good time by by constantly throwing almost insurmountable challenges directly in your face. Right? Yeah. No, that, that's definitely true. In, in fact, that's something that, you know, probably in the second part of this podcast, we'll spend a fair amount of time on. Right. Uh, because indeed, Left 4 Dead is also a precursor, you know, of sort of the AI that we're building. Uh, but that actually operates on a, on a slightly different level, right? Left 4 Dead is not really manipulating what's going on on your screen yeah. in the combat at that moment. It's not making the zombie do something particularly interesting in response to that's what true. you did, right? But rather it it works on another layer which you know we'll definitely get to in the next podcast where just to whet really... the appetite of the folk 
Yeah, well, you know, but that's that's a whole other story to get altogether, of course, of course, which is where we're, you know, actually, you know, deciding what kind of things happen outside of the player screen. But, you know, it's very interesting that, you know, that note, but, you know, we'll leave that on a cliffhanger for now, I would <laughs> guess. Um, but yeah, so so that is kind of a, a quick tour of, of what we're doing there. But obviously that's, you know, that's, that's leaving a, a lot of, core elements out so um maybe you know just for fun uh, we'll we'll walk through sort of like the uh the 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 kind of core tenets of uh the micro level of uh of this ai which is actually you know these threat fields and this notion of fear is actually only one of them because we've got two more we have uh the notion of uh courage and and loyalty and we also have uh, this notion of throwing and knockbacks, uh, both of which are really interesting. So, um, so on, 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 on like the courage and loyalty uh, portion of things, basically what that comes down to is, is, as you may imagine, like a lone wolf is not particularly uh, likely to attack you. Right out in the wild, uh, but if it's a pack, you know they'll feel strengthened and maybe they're hungry and they'll, you know, they'll go at it, right? And so we recreated this by having sort of a, a courage system in the game. So actually, what can happen? And this is, you know, one of, I think we'll share a little death bite video of this soon. <laughs> Uh, of some of the prototypes we have running this, but it's super interesting. Basically what happens is you might spot like, you know, uh, a wolf or a couple of Bormies and be like, yeah, I got them and run after them and they will run away, right? But then, you know, if they run in suddenly into a pack of like 15 other Bormies, you might very quickly see them, you know, turn around and suddenly pounce on you. Um, that is to do with sort of group courage. Um, that's one thing. And, and the secondary part, you know, it's sort of this notion of loyalty kind of comes with that too. So, for example, with wolves, we have regular wolves, but there's also an alpha wolf, right? And so uh, the alpha wolf will typically, you know, howl and, and call together other wolves that are on your screen, you know, getting ready to fight you. And they will actually flank that alpha wolf and be much more courageous together. But, you know, the trade-off is if you kill the alpha, the other wolves will likely scatter for a while because, uh, you know, their their leader got killed and, you know, that that through loyalty has a very negative effect on their courage. So so that's also something really interesting we're doing in this in this uh, in this arena. Hell yeah. Oh, man. Is there anything else you want to touch upon when it comes to the, the cinematic combat? I guess you know, sort of the final point is is our uh, our notion of throwing and knockbacks. Right. This is also something that is like very atypical for like MMO games, right? Like, sure. I mean, when was the last MMO that you played where you as a player get like you know chucked into a wall by some massive enemy? Oh wow. Uh... <laughs> I have a bad answer for this, but I'm going to refrain from showing my my anime knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> I immediately thought of Sword Art Online, but that is neither here nor there. 
<laughs> and that it's the worst anime of all time. Um, well, yeah. Disregard that. Please tell me about throws and knockbacks. Okay, so now that we've you know scared off anyone who ever liked <laughs> sword art online, um, you know, I think at least it it points out one thing is you know we're not doing it in MMOs. The best we've had is like trying to, you know pretend wouldn't this be cool if it actually happened in an mmo we can do it in our anime series um <laughs> but yeah we we feel that that should obviously be part of the game uh those kinds of interactions uh for it not to feel like that typical you know kind of static combat i slash you you slash me i time an ability right um and so uh when it comes to enemies we typically tend to have sort of roughly three types if you will we have these little enemies which we like to joking re jokingly refer to as ankle biters where typically you know your your swarming creatures kind of fraidy cats you know not uh not immediately going to hop on and engage the uh the player then you've got sort of your mid-size uh class enemies uh which might be wolves or such right that are a little bit more capable on their own uh, and then we've got these sort of big bruiser type enemies uh that you know that really don't get scared off very quickly at all and are plenty happy to kind of you know take the player mano a mano <laughs> um, you know without being overcome by fear or anything and in fact these creatures are typically um, the creatures that uh, bring like the big punchy throwing and knockback attacks so for example we've got some of these gruffs you know that are really large I mean you're talking like you know something that is three times taller than the player pretty much right Yikes. um and you know they will they will you know kind of charge up uh you know a rush ability and literally just head first charge at the player and like you know maybe try to smack him with a giant club or something right um, and this is also something that we're doing, you know, when it comes to combat and that ties into sort of all of these systems. So um, when he does that, when he does that charge, right, uh, he doesn't care about these little Bormies that are like running around in front of him. He's just, you know, blind rage. I'm going to crush that player. Right. So the first thing that happens is like, you know, this threat zone gets created right in front of him where all these Bormies are standing. And they're now, instead of running away from the player's attack, they're just, you know, trying to get out of the way of this oncoming locomotive of an enemy <laughs> that is literally going to just end up throwing like 15 of them up in the air and, you know, maybe killing a bunch of them or having them land dazed somewhere else in, you know, in the combat area uh, before making his way to the player. And we've really got some like impactful capabilities that when you're not particularly ready to, let's say, receive that incoming attack, so it's, it becomes more of a like action RPG timing thing, uh, you are going to be thrown way back, you know, uh, you'll, you'll find yourself with your ass on the floor and, uh, and getting back up uh, from that hit. Uh, and yet at the same time, obviously, we've got some really cool abilities like bolster that when timed correctly uh, empower your shield to stop such an incredibly powerful rush and actually deal sort of a feedback damage to not only the enemy rushing you, but everything in like the immediate vicinity. Oh, an um, active so parry system, huh? Cool. Yeah, it's actually part of sort of our ability. So it, depending on what kind of gear you're wearing, you may or may not have that ability available. But typically, if you're carrying a shield, right, then this kind of sort of active capability is there. 
but it's also very interesting how we kind of balance that out that would be like a topic for a whole other story but uh but like for example we do balance that out by having for example shared shield cooldowns so uh, if you have two abilities based on your shield and one of them is throwing your shield uh to take out like a wide berth of light enemies uh, and the other is bolster uh, then you'd better hope you don't like go oh I'm gonna like do a nice little shield throw and then two seconds later some giant enemy comes rushing at you you're not gonna have your bolster ready and you're gonna be sent flying right so it's very consequence heavy I guess because oh, every yeah, time yeah. every time I've been thrown in a video game it, it just feels weirdly frustrating in a way uh, so I was yeah about to ask how, how that is mitigated yeah, exactly, system. exactly. Now, obviously, we're not going to throw you uh, unless you messed up in some way. <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> so not it, every power a... attack is going to be, you know, chuck you at the wall, splatter you like a bug. No, no, no. It's, it's like a sort of a hard punish, but also like a big reward, right? So you'll have an ability to counter this, and if you counter it, you know, the reward is huge. Uh, but if you fail to counter it, it's it's a pretty hard punish. And, and this makes the game particularly interesting. But yeah, basically this is how our AI Game Master, through things like these threat zones that are positioned, through uh, triggering like alpha wolves to call other creatures to their aid, uh, you know, and through uh, even, you know, selecting cinematic ways for things to be thrown, because I, you know, I didn't quite mention this, but when you get thrown normally in a game, it's kind of like, you know, okay, you just go in roughly that direction. And here, actually, both enemy creatures and players that get thrown, uh, we try to particularly have our AI pick interesting places for them to get thrown into, right? Uh -huh. So if, if there is, like, a arena wall right behind you, uh, we might choose to, like, smack dab, throw you, like, back first into the arena wall in a, you know, almost cartoon-esque <laughs> manner. Leave a um, hole. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Roadrunner type stuff. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but but I think that kind of um, brings home the point of, of what we're trying to do with this. So we're trying to create combat in an MMO that is like like something you have never experienced on screen in an MMO before. And this is how we're doing it. That's very succinctly put. Well, I guess this wraps up this portion or this part of our series in AI direction. Um, thank you for listening, and we'll catch you in the next one. Hey you, you made it to the end. Congratulations! That must mean you like us enough to want more, right? Well, good news! We're all over the internet. Go to embersword.com and subscribe to our newsletter for a chance to play the game early, as well as the latest interesting tidbits on the game and the team. Join our lovely Discord community over at discord.gg embersword. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at PlayEmberSword for regular updates on what we're up to. And remember the basics. Drink water, be kind to each other, and spread the word about Ember Sword. <laughs>